We work closely together for more than 40 years. Yeah, I got him into TVB, and that's how he got started from there, you know. And he was then 37 years old. Joseph composed a lot of TVB drama theme song, right? Each theme song becomes a hit. Whoever sang that song will become famous. Hello and welcome to Hong Kong Heritage. Over the next two weeks, we pay tribute to the life and work of the very talented composer Joseph Ku Kafai, who died this month at the age of 92. He wrote many of Hong Kong's beloved classic TV drama theme songs, including Below the Lion Rock and Shanghai Bund. For decades, he created the melodies, and lyricist James Wong Jim wrote the words in a hugely successful partnership that mirrored the growth and boom times of television here. But not only is Joseph Ku famous for creating some musical magic that continues to resonate with Hong Kongers, but I've been told he was also a joy to work with, for this shy man is renowned for never losing his temper. He worked with many canto pop stars, including Roman Tam and Lisa Wang, and in some cases made them famous. But his key collaborator was singer Francis Yip, after they met at a talent contest in 1969. They would work together for more than 40 years. I'm delighted to tell you that Francis Yip joins me for this Joseph Koo tribute from her home in Sydney. We'll also be hearing from the creator of Enjoy Yourself Tonight, Robert Chua, who talks to me about bringing the composer into TVB. But first, Frances Yip tells me about how she and Joseph Ku first meet. <laughs> I sang a lot, even in, you know, I was a bit of a show off as a child. So I've had photos of me in school conducting the band in kindy and, you know, performing in front of people, never shy. So I, I would say I was very, very uh, much a show off as a child. Yeah. <laughs> I also understand. I mean, I'm just uh, just interested. Are you Hakka? Yes, I'm Hakka. My father's Hakka. My mother is Cantonese. Yeah. I understand that you started off in jingles. Yes. In 1969, uh, I think with the singing, you've got to understand that in, in Hong Kong in the 60s, most people have more than one job. My first job was at the Hong Kong Bank. I started as a clerical staff and then worked my way and became a secretary. And we're never happy with just one job. So in the evenings, I would often sing. And I would sing. My first husband is a very good uh, classical guitarist. 
And I also sang at church in the cathedral, in the choir. And the choir master there is the Father Monti. He's Italian. And he taught me how to sing in all the European languages. And the three of us was a very popular trio that we would appear doing free concerts, singing folk songs, anything, you know, uh, in the parishes for weekends and what have you. And we became quite popular. And somebody said to me, oh, they have this show on TVB. TVB was very new. It, it started in 67. So I'm talking about April 69. They have this thing called Sharp Show, which is sponsored by Sharp, which is Japanese electronic goods. And uh, you win things like fridges and TVs and stuff. So I said, oh, why not? So I entered and the three of us were supposed to go for the audition. So I turned up there and the other two didn't turn up. Now, I can understand that the priest didn't want to turn up because the bishop might be upset. But then my first husband didn't turn up and he didn't tell me. So I braved it. And, you know, the, the person who did the audition was Peggy Chua, who, uh, who was at that point, Robert Chua's assistant now is his wife. And she said, so what do you do? I say, I'm a singer. What are the other two? I say, well, they're not coming, but they play instruments. So what are you going to sing? So I said, oh, you don't have to say you love me. So they have a pianist there. He gave me a note and I sang the first line. And then she went, right, you can go home now. So I thought that was that. Little did I realize that within two weeks, she rang me and said, you're on on Thursday. So I had to go and get my hair done, get my nails done, find a <laughs> decent dress, you know. And then turn up at TVB. And that was what changed my life. Because that night, Joseph Koo was the head of the panel of judges. He was, uh, at that point, TVB's musical director. And Sam Hui was the other judge. And a soprano lady called Bi Ming Yi. She's the third. And I sang You Don't Have to Say You Love Me. And the host asked Joseph for comments. And he said, oh, she sings very well, and then gave me full marks. So I then won a television, which I then had to lug home because they don't do deliveries. <laughs> it was a bit, it was, <laughs> and mind you, it was only a portable, but still very, very heavy. Was it a black and white so, or colour? Um, black and white, of course, <laughs> in 1969, right? <laughs> so within a few weeks, Joseph called me and said, would you like to sing jingles? So I said, oh, I'm very curious because I've never done it. And, you know, I don't read music. I learn everything by ear. And he used to use a studio up in Kennedy Road, which is called Crown Studios. And he and James Wong would work there, you know, sometimes for eight hours a day doing jingles. And you've got to remember in 69 and 70, the advertising business was just taking off. Television was on and there was lots of advertisements with jingles. Mm. So they were producing a lot of stuff. And they needed people to sing demos as well as the real thing. So Joseph asked me to go up. And what would happen is I would take a taxi at my lunchtime, be there just after one. And then he would play the melodies. Uh, jingles are very short. The longest would be less than a minute. Usually the longest would be a minute. Very rare. Usually 45 seconds. And in one hour at lunchtime, I can do four or five. Oh, and then. Every time they listened to something, I would eat my sandwich, which they prepared for me. So it was a fantastic working experience. And of course, they paid very promptly, too. And, you know, my salary at the bank, I think at that point was about 1400 a month. And I was getting paid between 400 and 500 for every every single 
jingle that I would do. So it was a fantastic way of augmenting my income. And it was so interesting because not only would I be singing alone, I would be singing harmonies. And sometimes I, I sing for some product that is for children. I have to use a child's voice. And if I'm doing also <laughs> Joseph and James were doing a lot of music, incidental music for films. Yes. So sometimes, you know, they've got the main characters jollying along and then a bossa nova beat and I'm going la, 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 la. <laughs> and then if they're making love, I go, ah, all of that. <laughs> and then back to Hong Kong Bank for some clerical work. Oh, yes. The Hong Kong Bank was my steady income. But the, I would say every month I would be working maybe two or three times with them. And then through them, I learned a lot how to use my ears to judge harmonies. In the beginning, Joseph would say to me, you're very loud. Can you step back? A, a step? Oh, from the microphone. Yes. Yes. So, you know, if I'm singing harmonies and I'm stuck out there, it's wrong. So you, you gradually yes. learn, learn to use your ears to judge. And also, depending on what the product is, you learn to express yourself in so many different ways. Sometimes if you're you're doing something like I, I did many jingles, like um, Up, Up and Away, you know, for, for airlines. Uh, Can you remember any of it? Cigarettes. Oh, most of it. Oh, go um, on. Give us, a, give us a bit of airline. <laughs> okay. It really is one of the, uh, would you like to fly? Or maybe that, that melody, but with Chinese lyrics. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll sing you something that most people in Hong Kong recognize. Yep. And that is in the early 70s, we had a bitter bug called Lap Sap Chong. Ah, yes. Right? To teach children not to litter. Joseph wrote the melody and Jiang uh, Kong Kong wrote the, another, another lyricist wrote the words, but it's, it's very, very catchy. Lap Sap Yin, Lap Sap Yan Yan Do Zhang Kui. Now, most, most people of my vintage who are in 60s, 70s, they would remember this song because it was played multiple times. And then there are some other like uh, cigarettes. Uh, Winston tastes good like a cigarette should, all of that stuff. I did many of those. <laughs> But that's, I mean, I think that's so interesting that you're starting out young. And so obviously, Joseph Koo sounds like, you know, he's, he's judged you, seen you, that, that you've got this good voice. He's instructing you. But yet again, you're yet somebody else here who's made such a phenomenal uh, success of their careers. You've done 80 albums. And yet I'm again astonished that you learn your music by ear. You, you don't uh, initially, yes. that, that early stages, you don't read music. No, I can't read music. Joseph taught me how to read uh, Chinese notes, which is one, two, three, fours, very simplified. He taught me how to do that. But I have tried and tried and tried. And when my granddaughter started learn learning piano, I thought, OK, I'll, I'll get the book and I'll <laughs> learn. Right. She plays a lot better than me. I play everything by ear. It's useless. I cannot do numbers and I cannot do music. But I've got a very, very good music memory. Usually, Joseph would play the melody twice, and then I can sing the song. And if I listen to an orchestration, after a few times, I can usually tell which instrument is playing what. And if people play bum notes, I can tell them. So you're do you start off doing jingles with Joseph Koo. What was he like to work with? What, what was his character? He's a very gentle person. He doesn't have a temper. His best partner was James Wong. 
uh, Wang Jim, who is a very, very talented lyricist, writer. He also writes some music. James and him are the opposite of two, right? Uh, Joseph is very calm, very shy, doesn't doesn't say very much. The, the most we would hear him say if he's not happy about something, he would say, which is, oh, how can you do it like that? You know, that's in Cantonese. But James is like a firecracker. If you don't deliver what he wants, he'll, he'll swear at you and he'll say, Arr! and then the next day he'll apologize. You know? Yes. But the two of them work really well together and they did some phenomenal jingles. I can remember... After Not long after I, I started singing Jingle, TVB signed me up as a singer. And twice a month, I would go and enjoy yourself tonight and appear as a singer. And I can remember in the early 70s, there was one enjoy yourself tonight in one commercial break, which has five or six advertisements, depending on the length. We did four of those, the three of us. So it was quite phenomenal. We were very productive. <laughs> 小马小雨水地 Yip talking there about jingles and her early collaboration with Joseph Koo and will be returning to France's in a few minutes. Enjoy Yourself Tonight was a hugely popular television show. Robert Chua was its founder. Here he tells me about bringing Joseph Koo on board at TVB where he would become musical director. Enjoy Yourself Tonight starts in 1967. Yes, November the 20th. TVB opened on the 19th, which is the Grand Prix. They did a live show and then on Monday, because it's a week, it's a five days a week. So from Monday onwards, enjoy yourself. Started on the twentieth of November, sixty-seven. Now, extraordinary! You were only about twenty-one years old, and uh, tell me about meeting Joseph Koo. Oh yeah, I just, in fact, just turned twenty-one when I came to join TVB in May sixty-seven. That's where I started planning in for six months before the office opened. So I met Joseph Koo perhaps months later, three four months before we started, three months, and he was the band leader. I remember it was at Savoy, the band, and I got along well with him. And I was then, actually, as I say, 21, he was then 37. Joseph was such a nice person. He accepted my invitation to join TVB on Enjoy Yourself Tonight to be the band leader. Yes, so you're 21, he's 37. He becomes a band leader on EYT, Enjoy Yourself Tonight, which, of course, becomes this legendary show on TVB. So what was his role in EYT? He was a band leader. He was responsible to, to arrange music for, for all the singers. He was very, very good. I mean, he works five nights a week. And so any singers that come before they appear, we have to let Joseph know. And then the singers coordinate with, with him to prepare for the rehearsal. Uh, and he just had to prepare some arrangement if, if needs to be. And before show starts the same day, in the afternoon, they got about two, three hours of rehearsal. So he's res responsible for that. So you had two, three hours rehearsal every... So how, remind me, I mean, it was a phenomenal timetable. How often was the show going out? The show was five nights a week, Monday to Friday. <laughs> and live? And live. It's a variety of shows. It's not just a talk show that's live. It's just yeah. singing, singing, so dancing, bands on, yeah. bands on, you know, live, you know. 
It is incredible, and, and, and we all a lot to do, Joseph, for our success. Because <laughs> I, think music, you, yeah. I think you needed to be 21 and 37 to keep up with the energy. Well, I think I believe I still got some of those energy with me today. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Um, no, because I mean, I just think that's, uh, you know, I mean, I suppose it would have been very exciting times. And you've also got the adrenaline of getting the show out. You know, you've got a deadline, you've got to do it. So with Joseph Koo, he's, so it really is a platform where you've got Joseph Koo, he's, he's doing these compositions, he's running the band, he's getting right. these singers on. So yeah. tell me about those early days. What was, what was he like at 37? He was just a really wonderful man because I think people people work for me in, in TV, they enjoy his episode, a lot of energy and, and fury in me that some, some, it's a live show, if you do something wrong, I'll just yell at you. And a lot of those veterans who are now retired in the 70s and so on, when I hear them on radio interviews, they say, Robbie Chalk, wow, I got help from him and I got story. But I think... At least they understand that it was for the good because I was very, very straight because time is most important for me and yourself because it's a live show and I can't afford mistakes, you know. And so the Joseph is so good. I, I don't remember ever, ever feeling upset with him at all, you know, not even once, you know. I mean, he's so accommodating. He will always give you a nice smile and always oblige what you need. He never ever refused to say sorry, you know, Mr. Chua, I can't do this, you know, it's not enough time for me and so on. Not once. I mean, he's just so wonderful. He's such a wonderful person to work with and he's so accommodating. He must have had a phenomenal level of concentration. He must have just immersed himself in music, surely. I think because his personality is very good, he worked well with people. I mean, he started TBB with his assistant, he's a Filipino, uh, Solari. Then uh, later, when Joseph sort of spent less time on, he gets another person. I, I look, I remember him say the Chinese to be the band leader because you need to understand that the Chinese and the communicate. You know, it's so important. So he got very good assistance who assisted him to make a success of it. From UIT, TV we started producing dramas and so on, and it's where it got into producing the theme song and so on. And so he spent some more time doing all the other things as well, while he continued to supervise, to, to look after, enjoy yourself with Larry and um, Mr. Locke and all that. Yeah, because I know with also with Joseph Koo that he, I mean, his sister, I mean, they're Just, a talented family, yes. and his sister also sang in some of these movies, didn't she? Occasionally appear on our show too, which is very, very lucky to, to, for her to, for her to agree to come to our show because she's a big star, a big singer, but because of Joseph, because of UIT, I'm glad to have her on. So you've basically got two members of this talented family being a part of EYT. No, there's another thing. The drummer was his brother. 
younger brother. So we started UYT with a younger brother who was a drummer. Right. The whole thing, yeah. So you had the drummer, the composer yeah. and the singer. Right, exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back to 1967, as you say, was the advent of Enjoy Yourself Tonight. You're on in 1969. Yes. And then three years later, you head off with Joseph Ku to Japan. Yes. Joseph was invited by Yamaha to enter the World Popular Song Festival. And it's the first time Hong Kong was, was invited. So he wrote a, a ballad and uh, James wrote the lyrics. Uh, it's a song called, uh, I think it's time for me to go, something like that. So we went, he went with his wife and I took my best friend from school. So the four of us went to Tokyo. It was November, I can remember. It was very, very cold. But it was an experience that showed me what working professionally could mean. Up to this point, I'm still doing jingles and I had a recording contract because sometimes Joseph's movie songs wanted they want to release it on an album. So I was signed to Life Records, which is a local company. But I have never worked with a real orchestra. In the festival, we work with the NHK 60-piece orchestra in the Budokan, which is a huge 12,000-seating place. And to me, up there, working with this orchestra was a wonderful experience. It showed me how exciting the world could be outside, you know. So... At that point in 1972, I've only ever been to Singapore, not very much, maybe KL, but, you know, Macau, that's it. But Japan was the first time and and it really opened my eyes and it put the seed in my brain that it's very good to be a professional singer. So that sort of took root and then I started working towards that. What do you know about Joseph Ku's background? Joseph was born in Guangzhou. He came to Hong Kong uh, as a child, but he's, his family, a very talented family. His sister, older sister, Gu Mei, is a singer uh, in the beginning with Shaw Brothers. She can sing and she paints. She does Chinese calligraphy and Chinese black and white traditional Chinese paintings and is very talented. Joseph paints in oil and watercolor. And the younger brother, who's a drummer, he also paints. The three of them are extremely talented in, in arts. So Joseph had originally wanted to be a painter, but realized that it was difficult to make a living. So when he became old enough, he wasn't really keen on studying. So his sister was already singing in the nightclub. So he kind of hang around and hang around the Filipino musicians and got one of them to teach him how to play the piano. And he learned well enough to actually hold down a job in one of the lounges in Hong Kong playing the piano for happy hour and maybe sometimes after dinner drinks, that sort of thing. And he, he was playing so well. One day, this American turned up and listened to him and enjoyed it and approached him and said, look, I, I run the Berkeley School of Music. If you can get yourself to the school, I think you would make a wonderful musician if you take it further. So he spoke to his sister and Joseph is already married by this. I think he already has a daughter. And of course, he couldn't really afford to go. Shaw Brothers stepped in and paid his fare, gave him an allowance to live on. So he went He went to Berkeley and studied music and came back. And uh, he didn't actually sign a contract with Shaw Brothers, but he would do a lot of work for them after he came back. He went for three years. And when he came back, his writing was just phenomenal. His arrangements, his mixture of Chinese and Western instruments, uh, he was incredibly creative. So he became very established as a musician, a composer, 
uh, and a producer. So that's how he got invited to work for TVB as the musical director. The fact that the Shaw brothers paid for him to go to America helped with his uh, allowance, uh, despite the mm -hmm. fact that, he, as you say, he doesn't sign a contract with them but does work with them. So mm -hmm. this was for mm -hmm. Hong Kong movies. Yes, movies. Shaw Brothers was a, a very um, prolific movie maker, yes. right? So they had, and also uh, you're talking about the 60s, 60s where a lot of musicals. Ah. So his sister would be featured in some of these musicals. And there are some phenomenal ballads in these mu musical movies that Joseph would compose for. I've sung quite a few of them for him. <laughs> so he has repaid that more than what is due really because he's he's always make time for 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 doing his work can you give me a couple of examples of that kind of musical what, what would the plot lines have been they would have been in cantonese right no mandarin movies um oh sorry in the 60s yes. and 70s they were phenomenal man mandarin movies okay there's one called love without end it was the first time Joseph composed anything for Shaw Brothers because it was an open competition. They invited people to compose a theme song and an incidental song in the movie. So Joseph wrote a song called Mong, which means dream. And he didn't win the competition. Another gentleman by the name of Wang Fuling, he won the competition and he wrote uh, Love Without Me. And I'm sure you know the song is Wang Buliao, Wang Buliao. That one I'm sure you've heard of. The one that Joseph wrote is a, it's a cha 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 and it's very very catchy. Ren It's a very catchy song. <laughs> and what are you singing? I'm singing in Mandarin. Yes. And um, it says, uh, people say life is a dream. I say dream is alive. You know, dream to dream is to be alive. And then the contrast between the very rich and the very poor, but when it comes down to it, it's just life. That's what it means. <laughs>
thanks to Francis Yip and Robert Chua. Next week on Hong Kong Heritage, Francis will be talking about how Joseph Koo composed a string of hugely popular television drama series theme songs. Francis Yip had moved to the UK and was working with EMI, but Joseph Koo wanted her back to sing this. The theme song for the band. I'll also be joined by band leader Andrew Toisson, who's recorded with some of the Canto Pop greats. He tells me about how Joseph Koo was his mentor and provided a stepping stone to his successful career in music. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage. Oh, Lord,